0: Hello, Grace Point. <clears throat> was that fun? Was that fun or what? We uh, we didn't know what was going to happen uh, with kids. If you're new to Kitsap County, when there's any amount of snow, with it being wet and all the hills, and having the craziest parking lot of any church in Kitsap County, it is really God's God's favor that we had church today, both services. Can we just give God praise for the 12 who went baptized? <clears throat> It's always fun to see someone go in public with their faith. And as I was coming out and, and drying off my shirt, um, a young man uh, wanted, to, wanted to get baptized. So he's meeting with a couple on our baptism team right now. Because I just have one simple rule. They don't get wet until we know for sure they're, they're a child of God. So that's the one simple rule. Because baptism doesn't save you. It's just You just go public that Jesus is your Savior. So he may get baptized at the end of the service. Who knows? We'll We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, today is um, um, a commitment Sunday for Horizon. Um, if if you're new, uh, if if you if you came because you're you're a, a great friend or family member, you're a great cheerleader. For those who were baptized, um, this this we're gonna wrap up a series today called um, "This Is What We Do," and, and it's it's really for followers. So if you're not a follower, of Jesus, we're glad you're here. Glad you experienced what you saw today, um, but you can rest, you can breathe in and out. This only applies to followers. And so we're going to turn these cards in, um, either here uh, physically or I'll show you how to do it remotely, but we're going to deal with that at the end of the message today, end of the message today. So have them out if you have them. Um, If you don't have one, you can go get one and get a pen. If not, there's a way I'm going to show you, you can do it online as well. But this series is, this is what we do because of what he has done, because of Jesus, what he has done for us, that he has forgave us, he has saved us, he gives us his grace, his mercy, throws in heaven. I mean, all that what Jesus does for us, all because of what he does, this is what we do. What we're talking about is being an irrational, generous person. Irrational generosity is because God is an irrational, generous God. And because of what he has done, this is, this is what we do. We're looking at scripture of, you know, how do we respond to God even with uh, money and, and giving back to him and, and finances and all that. Part one of this three-part series, we started out with, with this, is that putting God first perfectly positions us for God's blessing, and we talked about what the scripture says about the first fruits. The first every when you get a salary, when you get a, a pay a, a paycheck in your pay period, the first thing you do is you give back to God. In the Old Testament was a tithe, ten percent, uh, but it went even higher. It went just be, being generous, which is greater than ten percent. So we had thankfully we're, we're excited. We have a, a three month tithe challenge. Um, we've had nearly two dozen people say we're going to go by faith, step out in faith, test God like he challenges us, and we're going to start. The first thing we do when we receive um, what God supplies financially, we're going to give back to him and uh, to advance his kingdom. Um, so that, that, that was it. That, that was the first thing. This, last week what we talked about is this, is generosity begins in the heart, not in the wallet, not in the bank account not with really any of your finances, generosity begins in the heart, in the heart. And it's not, well, I don't, I don't have enough. That's not the issue with God. He says, I want, you to, I want you to give and worship with what you do have, not with what you don't have. If the heart is willing, Scripture says, then you give of what you do have, what God has supplied uh, to, to you. So that's that was last week. We also mentioned last week, and I got water all over the place. Um, uh, last week, that when we give, God multiplies. When, when we give, when, when we add into <laughs> our tithe or offerings, God takes in. Now, in two thousand seven, two thousand I'm sorry, two thousand nine, we here at Graceport were on the ground floor of helping one of our missionaries to Togo, West Africa, to go to the northern region of Togo, very prom- predominant Muslim area, and to start a building a, a hospital. In this Muslim area, the ho- government hospitals were known as the house of death. You went there to die, not to get better, not to get healed. You went there to die. And so. We we were on the ground floor. We began sending teams. Then we began sending monthly, every month, money to support uh, the the ministry in Togo. Um, about eight years ago, our great missionary they re, they retired, and then then he got Alzheimer's, a brutal disease. And so for the last I don't know eight years or whatever, we have lost. Contact. We've had lost contact with what is happening. Where's that money going? How's it being used? But by faith, we just kept giving. And I wanted to send a team pre-COVID to, to go back, because we sent a number of teams in the past, go to Togo, find out uh, what's going on, and reconnect Grace Point to what we're investing, what we're giving. And then COVID knocked that out. And finally, a couple weeks ago, we, we sent a team to to really reconnect Grace Point And what they shared triggered this thought of we've been giving having no idea how God has been multiplying uh, every month. We found out that this hospital of hope has just served 100,000 patients, 100,000 patients. That's not not come back for a second visit. That's like new patients, 100,000. They have 200 employees at this hospital, 200 employees, and uh, and, and they're training more nurses and they're, and they're training doctors, um, and they're getting other doctors to come in from from the states. But it's really taken off to be a Togolese hospital. And what we found out is, God took the money we gave and multiplied it. And our our chaplains are giving out Bible on audio. this a little little device where they have two buttons that. Can push for this language or for that language. We had no idea. And they're giving out, people are walking from villages hours away because they heard a Bible being passed out and they wanted a, the Bible. Again, this is in a strong Muslim area. We thought we were supporting the salary, the monthly salary to three chaplains. Oh, no, we found out there's six now that Grace Point is paying for their salaries every single month. Doing the ministry apart from the hospital and following up on patients, going into villages, sharing the gospel. Grace Point's money has been been used to, to buy screens and projectors and speakers going out to villages and showing the Jesus film. God has just been multiplying like crazy. Then, <clears throat> sorry. Need some water. Then we find out that outside the hospital compound, there is now a Christian radio station telling Bible stories. And if you can see the pictures, there's multiple rooms that are all padded and stuff. And so when the Bible story is being read on the air, it is being translated into multiple languages at the same time. That all goes to we have been giving. And God goes, I, got, I received your giving, now I'm multiplying it. I'm multiplying it. And Muslims are coming to a faith in Jesus Christ through the ministries of this hospital. That's just God couldn't wait to share that. Couldn't wait to share that. And, and there's more things that they're doing. It's like, oh, my goodness. And now we know we ha- strategically how we can send teams back to be a blessing. So today we're going to wrap up the series by walking through three levels of Generosity. Three levels of generosity. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to talk just to followers of Jesus. Okay, you said you're followers of Jesus. Our mission here is to help people meet, know, and follow Jesus. All right, we want them to meet Jesus. We want them to know him as their Savior and then go public with their faith. And we want people to grow in their knowledge of Jesus. But part of being a follower, and really the meaning of disciple, is to actually follow and obey. And one of the most difficult Areas for followers of Jesus to actually follow is in the area of finances, and that's really a test—a test that followers have. So go ahead and turn to Luke chapter ten, if you would. Luke chapter ten, and uh, for my for my all my note takers, praise God for you. Here is the central point today: giving and being generous are two different things. There is giving, and then there's generous giving. They're, they're two, two different things. Now, my incredible father, I was so blessed to have a godly father who's waiting for me in heaven, but he taught me so many things. And when I was a child, I think about it, 10 years old, um, I had chores. I mean, you had to have chores when there's Bonnie, Barry, Betty, Becky, Bobby. And we had two foster kids at that time. And later, Brenda and Bradley showed up. Uh, we had chores. It's like to live in this house and eat food, you have chores, right? That's what families need to do. And so I had my chore, and one of my chores was outside. We had a large carport, and I was supposed to keep it clean and keep it swept and put stuff away. And I, 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 I did my chore, and my dad came and inspected it, and he walked around, and he said this to me. I never forget. I'm about 10 years old. Doing just enough is not good enough. You need to give your very best. Never forgot that. Doing just enough. And then he said, so, did you do just enough to clean this carport? Or did you give your very best? Well, it was obvious I did not give my very best. And that principle caught in my heart. And when I began to work to get actual paycheck, I remember when I'm working flipping burgers that I'm going to do the very best I can. That translates, when I played athletes, in practice, don't do just enough. Give your very best. See that principle? It also showed up in giving, in how I give. Not just doing just enough. I want to give God my very best because of what he's done. This is what I do, and this is how I do it. So here's the first level of generosity. This is, this is a lot of fun. Is when we give spontaneously. When we just... We give spontaneously. We find out there's a need, and we play a part of helping meet that need. Uh, and, And we see this, you know, America is, with all of our faults, we are a very generous country. When there's an earthquake around the world... We give to help that right. Or when there's a flood, and homes are damaged. There, there's a hurricane, um, and teams go in and help. right? And they're get, give spontaneously. Spontaneously, there's a need, and here's how to help. If you've ever done it, a GoFundMe is an a, is an opportunity, pretty cool opportunity to give spontaneously because there's a need. You see the need, and you want to help. In this Bible story, that Jesus actually Jesus can tell a story to a crowd who had just said, okay, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart you know, our soul, and your strength and love your neighbors as, as yourself. And he was asked a question. I think it was a loophole question. Well, well, then who's our neighbor? It was asked with like, how can I do just enough, but not really go all the way? So Jesus said, let me tell you a story. He told a story about a guy infers that it's a Jewish man who was on this path. He gets jumped, he gets mugged, he gets stolen, he gets beaten up almost to death. And two religious leaders are on that path. They see the guy on the ground bleeding and they just keep going by. They justified in their heart like somebody else needs to do that, We're, that is beneath us as spiritual leaders. And then Jesus said, and then a third person came And the the mention of who this person was in this story was like a pinprick to a Jewish heart because Jesus said it was a Samaritan. Jews hated Samaritans. They called them dogs. They called them half-breeds. They're like, you know, God doesn't love them as much as he loves us full-bred Israeli people. Jesus did this on purpose. So chapter 10, look at verse 33. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. extra expense you may have. What we have here is a formula for giving spontaneously. First of all, you see a need, all right? There is a real need. This dude's hurting. He's bleeding. Really on the verge of death. Then there's an emotional pull. He took pity. He had pity on this man. And then he had a good heart. It revealed that he did something. He didn't, just just didn't see the need and had compassion and pity he had a good heart and therefore he spontaneously gave to meet his need we went above and beyond hey i 'm ever going to come back and pay any difference i 'm going to cover all expenses now i 'm sure as a group of Jewish people they did not like this story again because they hated Samaritans and Jesus told the story using a Samaritan on purpose because Jesus is concerned about our hearts their hearts our hearts so when we have an opportunity when you have an opportunity and you hear someone has a, a need a financial need or a project in their home or or whatever have you ever thought like maybe I should jump in let I me mean, let me tell you how, something really fun is you you hear a need of someone whether you you know that person in depth or not and then you you go get cash and you put it in an unmarked envelope and you somehow get it to them anonymously. Jesus said, It's more blessed, you will be more blessed to give than receive. As a child, I never bought that, especially at Christmas time. I'm like, No, it's better to get, it's better to receive. But as I matured and grow, grew older, I realized it is so fun and such a blessing when you can meet someone's need. And again, a cool way to do it is just anonymously. You drop it off and you let them be blessed. Now, most followers of Jesus just stop here. They give spontaneously. There's a need. What do I have on me? And I give. That's great. You should keep doing that. But don't stop there. Don't stop there. The next Level of irrational generosity is to give strategically, to give strategically, meaning there's a plan that I'm gonna plan to give strategically, and when we give our tithes and offerings above our tithes and we plan on it, it's a biblical and strategic approach. It is intentional, it is not accidental. It is intentional. So when God supplies a paycheck, God supplies a tax return, God supplies a bonus, something you didn't expect or, or see, when God, whatever God supplies, do you have a plan to give strategically? Now, everybody has a plan when it comes to money. Most people, their plan is to spend it. All right, and they will be what we talked about the last couple of weeks on that cycle of scarcity and they, they just consume and they spend and then they don't have enough, then they fear and it t- starts all over and you complain, oh, if I just made more money, if I just had more. No, what do you do have? Do you have a plan to give, be generous strategically? Here is a, a passage from Isaiah. It says, generous people plan to do what is generous. It's not, never an accident. Generous people plan to do it. And they stand firm in their generosity. It means I'm going to do this and I'm going to follow through. I'm not going to flake out. I'm not going to be fickle about it. Generous people who understand this and then they, they receive the blessings from being generous and that's why there's a kind of fuel to be more generous. They also have a plan. They don't just... A lot of them that I know that God has blessed them with with resources, they give spontaneously, but more than that, they give strategically. That's what generous people do. They plan. Let me ask you, are there any Chick-fil-A fans in the room? Okay. I think, let me know if you think it's God's will, I think Chick-fil-A should have a plan to add a Chick-fil-A in Kitsap County. Anybody agree with that? Okay. Lord, hear our prayers, all right? <laughs> well, let me tell you the story behind Chick-fil-A, all right? Truett Cathy was the founder, was the founder, and at the very beginning, he had a plan to be closed on Sundays. All, when he had just one store. He probably didn't have an idea that it was going to go nationally, all right? He, but he had a plan that we were going to be closed on Sunday so that his workers could go to church or rest or do both. I don't know. Every time I go visit my daughters in Virginia, that's where they have like Chick-fil-A, like every corner, which I think is so unfair. I have a strong desire for Chick-fil-A and it's always on Sundays. Anybody feel my pain? And I actually get there and I'm like, oh, that's Right. Chick-fil-A has been told, oh, you you don't understand, you guys are missing out on millions of dollars. And Kathy goes, no, that was a plan at the very beginning. You know what also was a plan? He was going to give generously to his workers, to his employees. And I, The last uh, data that I, I found that since he started the first Chick fil A, he has given $60.5 million to his employees. 47,000 employees have gotten some type of scholarship from Chick fil A. It didn't just happen, it's not spontaneous. Why? He had a plan, he had a strategic plan. I want to bless, I want to invest in those who choose to work for my company. That is one of the reasons why it's successful. But he also has a plan. It started at the beginning that I'm going to give first to my church. I'm going to give first. And then he started giving to other churches and other organizations. But it started with the plan, plan strategically. Um, this, is, this is a, a quote that he, he said. He said, nearly every moment of every day, we, all of us have the opportunity to give something to someone else. Our time, our love, our resources, I have always found more joy in giving when I did not expect anything in return. See, he gets it. It's not an accident that Chick-fil-A is a very wealthy organization. Because at the very beginning, he said, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to bless God in return. The first thing I do is give back to God, and then I want to bless others. He had a plan. Now, uh, are there any Hobby Lobby fans in the room? My budget has been hurt since they opened in Silverdale. My wife says, but it saved us gas from going to Gig Harbor. Okay. Well, let me tell you that how get, uh, Hobby Lobby was started. All right. David Green started Hobby Lobby. He had, he had a job, full-time job. Him and his wife took out a $600 loan that they didn't know if they could afford to pay it back. And they started making little picture frames in their house and in their garage. That's how Hobby Lobby started. And he had a plan that if God would bring him income, that the first thing you would do was tie it to his church. And he wanted a plan to be generous with whatever God supplied. Well, David Green is now a billionaire 14 times over. Again, like I said in part one, it's actually harder for people to give the more zeros they make. But from day one, he started giving back to his church, and then he started giving to other churches, started giving to Christian organizations, started giving to missions. And then a number of years ago, he said, there's all these museums in Washington, D.C. I want there to be a museum of the Bible. So he paid for the whole thing, $500 million. And he loved it. Why? Because he started way at the beginning a heart that said, I want to be generous. And generous people always have a plan, a strategic plan. So, what is your strategic plan? Do you have a strategy of what you're going to do when you get paid, what you're going to do when you sell a piece of property or something and you gain a profit from it? That God supplied the profit. What are you going to do when that tax return comes? What are you going to do with whatever? And it comes to you, do you have a plan? Generous people have a plan. It's always strategic. Now let me talk to those of you who have been tithing for a while. and You get this whole thing, you like that I'm teaching this because you want other people to experience God-like. You have experience. Okay, let, let, me, let me challenge you. Faithful tithers, you've been tithing for years. Do you have a plan to jump it up a percentage, and then maybe another percentage down the road. My wife and I started this years ago, and I grew up hearing this phrase: "You can never outgive God." I didn't believe it as a teenager, didn't believe it as a young man, but I, Kenny and I have learned that that is actually a true statement. A number of years ago, we said, "Okay, God, you have blessed us at this level. Now we're just going to keep going up." And now. Okay, just keep this between you because I haven't talked to my wife about this yet. Okay, so honey, you're hearing this for the first time. I'm already praying about a strategic plan for us to do it again. Our last daughter is getting married in June. Praise be to God. But I'm already strategically planning and praying about once that is all paid for, when's our next time to up the percentage? I guess, I'm not telling you what it is because that's between my wife and I and God. But we have experienced God's blessing because God can never be outgived. But that has to be something that comes from God to you. But I just want to test you, challenge you to give strategically. Now, the last level is the hardest, but some of you have been there. I've been there as well. It is to give sacrificially, to give sa- Sacrificially. That is a challenge. That is a challenge. Jesus strategically went to the synagogue with his disciples, and he sat in a place on purpose. And we learn about this in the New Testament. It says this, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting in their money into the temple treasury. Jesus sat in this synagogue so he can see, have a direct sight. Many rich people threw in large amounts. Now, we'll pause right here. How did people know in that synagogue that it was a rich person? Well, they didn't have online giving. They didn't have this thing, if you're a teenager, you need to Google this, thing called a check from a bank that you could write out and drop it in, which would make no noise. They gave coins. They didn't even have bills. They gave coins. So when they're giving, they knew that this person was rich, and there's nothing wrong with this. It's not demeaning at all. You could hear it. Clang, 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 clang. And you're sitting in the synagogue and goes, wow, God has really blessed them, and they're giving out of their wealth. Then something else happened. But a poor widow came. And put in two very small copper coins. Worth only a few cents. How how do do we know? How do they know? How did the writer know? Because they heard it. Tink, tink. Does it. Maybe copper coins had a different sound. Tink, tink. And Jesus made this observation and commentary. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said. Truly I tell you. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They gave out of their wealth, which is a good thing. But she, out of her poverty, put in everything. She gave all that she had. Jesus allowed her to give because she was going to receive a blessing from it. He didn't stop her. He allowed it. But he observed to teach us something. That was a few years ago. I had a dear elderly lady in our church who's now with the Lord. She was so faithful. She was here, you know, as often as she could be here. And as she got older, her body made it harder, more difficult. And so she set up a meeting with me. I had no idea what she wanted to talk about. So she came and I met with her in my office and she started tearing up. And I didn't know what was happening it, and her heart was breaking because she said, Pastor, with COVID, I, I don't have as much as I used to give. I just want to give what I used to give, but it's less. And tears come down her eyes. I just went and hugged her. I was like, it's okay. God knows your heart. She was giving more than I was she was given out of her poverty and I thought of this story what a blessing she was to me what an example she was to me her heart says I just want to give to my Lord and I'm so sad that it's less than it used to be because of inflation God knew God knew so do you understand how much God has done for you if you're a follower of Jesus, don't ever forget all that he's done for you, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the patience for us, the faithfulness, salvation, heaven. Because of what he did, this is what we do. We, we give back. Yes, we give our time. Yes, we give our talents. But we often justify, well, I don't have to give my treasure because that's mine, and I'm giving in these other areas. No, 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 God knows the treasure is really the key to our heart. So this is what he does. I said, I'm for us, this is what we do. I thought about this last night when I thought there would be no church, but I needed to go over this message one more time, just in case, I'm glad I did that. And I thought, God does this for us. God gives spontaneously to us all the time have you ever walked down the street and it's like, oh, there's a $5 bill down there. I think God placed that there. Because often it's like, I really needed that. I really needed Dr. Pepper. <clears throat> I think God does, he gives spontaneous all the time when he just blesses us. And we're like, how, 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 did, how, I should not have this much money in my bank account, but all the bills are paid. That's God just being spontaneous. Because he's, he's that kind of God but God gives strategically he knows what salary you're making do you understand that God is your supplier not the Navy, not the shipyard, not your office God knows what minimum wage is God knows what you're paying and he gives strategically because he's trying to teach us in his supply how are we going to trust him if we're faithful in the little things God goes then I can start giving you a little bit more So God gives strategically to grow our faith, but that the greatest gift was God sent His Son Jesus to take our place on the cross, to die sacrificially for our sins, for the atonement, for the covering of our sins, and He rose again. He's waiting for us in heaven. But where would we be without God giving sacrificially? We would be on our way to hell. For all that he has done, this is what we do. We're not paying God back. That's impossible. But it's worship. It's gratitude. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to bless others, opportunity to honor God. And then watch God work in ways we don't see. Again, I I didn't teach this series because Grace Board needs your money. We're good because we got generous people. Who give and tithe and sacrifice? I really teaching this story, and I, I hope you believe my heart, because you're going to get transferred from here. You're going to get moved. You're going to you're going to get tra- go to a different job, or whatever. And I my desire is that you take these biblical principles. And one of the hardest things to follow Jesus in, is with our finances. That you will surrender and you begin to see God work in your life. And you and there's a lot of you that you know what I'm talking about. You, you you're at the place because you've been in this habit, you're like, we can't afford not to give because God's blessings. We don't want that to stop. And I want you to take that and change your life and your family wherever you attend church. Now, today is Horizon Commitment Sunday. This is an opportunity to be generous, opportunity to give an offering above, beyond tithes. This is the last year of, of this challenge. Last year we did it. And you should have got one of these when you came in. Even if you didn't, we have on our website, you can even pull up now because we're going to turn these in, in just a moment. You can go to gracepointkissup.com. Right in the middle, there's a button, right in the video or picture, it says Horizon Initiative. Scroll down and find this. And right underneath, there's a button you push that you can give directly. It's all safe. But we're going to give our offering. Now, we're not going to have you come forward because this won't make any noise anyways. But we're gonna do something we haven't done in over two years. We're gonna pass the plates, in the baskets, and you can drop your commitment card in, or your if you want to drop your tithe challenge in there as well. We're gonna do that. We're gonna sing a song to close us out, and I strategically picked this newer song. We've sung it a couple times because of the words. So while we're passing the baskets you can put these in. Really take note of the words because they're so true, they're so rich. So we're going to close out with a song. Would you pray with me? The head bows. I close. God, thank you for being a generous God. Thank you that in your word over 2,000 verses are, are about how we handle money and stuff and that you're more concerned about our heart and you want us to honor you and trust you with the first fruits, with a tie, with offering, even being generous because you want us to be a, be blessed and be a part of something bigger than ourselves. So Lord, I pray that as people have been praying and they've been considering hearing from you, they don't need to hear from me and respond that, that won't last. But if they hear from you, may they follow through and then see you work in maybe ways they haven't experienced. So, Lord, we thank you that you know all about tomorrow because you're holding tomorrow in your hands. We give you praise for this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand as we sing?
1: giving. we get to celebrate by giving thanks for another soul that God's going to bring into the kingdom. We're going to have another baptism. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery, I'm just thankful for today. God, you were with me then, you'll lead me through again take away my faith, fear won't take away my faith, I don't know what tomorrow holds, I know who holds tomorrow, you are God and you're in control, my soul will not be troubled, in the rise, in the fall, Trust you through it all. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I know you hold tomorrow. Oh, I know you hold tomorrow. God, you are never late. Your timing is worth. like you said.
0: service, I put my stuff away, and I heard this voice I haven't heard in a while, and I was like, it's Nash. Could you welcome our worship leader Nash back? I was so surprised. They, they hid it from me, and I, I had my mouth open, but it's good to see you back. Uh, he, if you're new, he's had several major back surgeries close proximity, and so he, he still has some complications and pain. And we just keep, keep praying for Nash and keep praying asking God for his grace. But I know this song is not just a financial song. This song has really been helping Nash through some dark days of recovery. And this song is so powerful. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for weathering your neighborhood and all the snow. Hope that you leave here and go, man, I'm so glad I came to church today. I was blessed by 13 baptisms today. So... If you are a guest today, maybe you're visiting or or you're here to cheer on some people to be baptized, we'd love for you to just swing by guest services for just a moment. We have a gift for you to say thank you. And if uh, you can turn in your uh, horizon cards, commitments during the week or go online and really give as God is leading you. God has something for you. May God bless you. Have an absolutely wonderful day. May you be blessed. Take care.